Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on social media, on Instagram, at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button. And you can also find me on YouTube by searching Sports Card Lessons. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend, spread the word. I'm really excited today to have my good friend Craig from New York City Sports Cards on the pod. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing great. And I also consider you a good friend. We've only actually met once, but I still consider you a good friend in and out of the hobby. And, you know, it's great to get to chop it up for a little bit. You know, interesting. And I don't know if Rob ever told you this. We met once. We did the uh, the show in Sea Caucus. The first yeah. show I did in Sea Caucus, I think that was back in December. Uh, and we met once and on the way home from that show, I told Rob, Craig has got the it factor. He, he's got that fact, that thing about him that people like people were drawn to you. I noticed all day long from the moment we showed up at the show, people were just literally drawn to you. They didn't care what you had for cards, but it was just you as a person. And, and, and I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and I watch a lot of reality TV from, you know, um, survivor to big brother to amazing journey. And they talk all the time about the people they select to be on this as people that have the it factor that you could just watch somebody in a room and people are attracted to them. So if you ever want, I, I, you know, I know you're a teacher and you have your summers off. So if you ever, you ever think you want to go on a reality TV show, I, I, I would recommend trying out. I bet you would be selected. That, that's a major high praise. That, that's some of the that's a nice thing anyone ever said to me. I appreciate that. I, I I'm surprised other people have ne never said that to you. That I I, just, I I've just observed people being drawn to you, and even online. And I listen like I know you've been on a number of other podcasts, and I've listened to you on other podcasts too. And and just just being able just such an easy easy talking. I hear I hear you. It's just such easy talk. You know, they, some people are, you know, you have to pry information out of all the time. You were just, the conversation is always really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go so many ways with this. I, you know, being an educator, you know, yourself every single day, you're standing in front of a room of people with varied personalities, different things going on in their lives. And you have to find a way to connect with everyone. Yeah. You know, that, that's the secret to being a good educator. I don't say teacher because educator in any position where you are instilling knowledge into someone else, right? Yeah. You create relationships. You kind of have to find what ticks with that person. And mm -hmm. it, it's not just in the classroom. It's with everything. So, you know, yeah. when you're at a card show and I see a kid or I see, you know, an older guy or a family, I just find a way to connect with them. You know, I love I love the conversation. I, I love learning about other people, too. Yeah. And, you know, setting up at shows is, that's why it's so much fun. I love doing it with you guys because we're all just like, we, we like talking to people. We like meeting people. It's all about the interactions and the hobby, ways, 
the hobby is a good way to just like find a common interest and connect with the person. Yeah. And and there's there's so many good people in the hobby. You know, I, I was talking to uh Rob, sports card therapist, last night. I was I did an interview for his podcast and we just talked about there's so many good people for the hobby and, and it's it's amazing that everybody that shows up at your table, especially at these shows, are just really good people, really easy to talk to. And and I, I just find this hobby to be so much different than anything else I've ever done in my life. You know, and 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 even I just wanted to jump back and even as far as being an educator, um, that's the key. That to me, I found that to be the key, being able to connect to everybody in the room. And everybody comes from from someplace different, right? And and not no two people learn the same way. So that that to me was probably the hardest thing that I learned as an educator. But once I really figured out how to do that, that's what set me above everybody else in that field of being an educator. And it's really important. Yeah, and I, you know, I was in a unique position right out of college. My first teaching job was at a transfer high school, which, to put it simply, overage, undercredited students. So not your traditional, you know, freshman through senior year. These are students who are like 17 through 21 is like the middle 50%. And I was 21 straight out of college teaching high school algebra. And these are inner city kids with you know, some with criminal records, gang affiliation. And my mind and my world was opened up very quickly to how other people live. And it's not necessarily how I was raised. And that just, you know, I, I made me think about people differently. Um, you know, just try to be understanding and cool with everyone. And, you know, that's carried me all the way through teaching, through coaching and into cars and anything you know, that I do in life. I try to be passionate about. That's unbelievable. Talk to me now. I know as in your in your school, you have I know it's called the card club. So I just kind of explain that to our listeners, what the card club is, how it came about. Yeah, I, uh, I had some cards on my desk and I had a student looking at them. And this idea just came to mind that this could be a fun after school program just any after school club that think uh mock trial chess club right just any after school club they've seen a lot of schools like card club makes a lot of sense and maybe they've existed elsewhere i haven't heard of any but i just started bringing in my cards started asking people on instagram for donations and all of a sudden i have this huge thousand card collection every tuesday we meet in my classroom and you know early on it was I was teaching them about cars. I got these slides, kind of educating them because you know the hobby to learn from scratch is quite <laughs> difficult. There's a, there are a lot of elements and layers. <laughs> Every day I have new students in the back of my classroom asking like, "Oh, well, like this is LeBron James, so like, why isn't this worth more?" And it's kind of hard to explain. But we meet every Tuesday once a week, and like you put in the time, you put in the hours, and all of a sudden you got a group of students who really know they can speak the language. Yeah. You know what they're looking at. And you're actually going to see some of my students at the show this weekend. And I kind of feel like this is the final exam. You know, they've got their inventory for the donations and let's, we can see what they do with it. Yeah. Now, now they have a green light to go trade and make some oh, yeah. deals. Yeah. So nice. um, just to backtrack for a little about the card club, you know, I, I could say at, at our peak, we would have like 20 to 25 students showing up, but we'll always have at least five to 10 but it's been a consistent group and we've met every single week since December, which I'm really proud of. And some it's educating, teaching about cards, teaching about the market, right? Why prices go up and down, when, uh, where to sell business relationships. So there's just a lot of 
entrepreneurial uh, elements to it that I'm instilling in them while we're just connecting about sports. We all love that. We all love sports. Yeah. And and, and you know what? And Pokemon. We got Pokemon fans too. I guarantee you years later, you're going to run into some of these students who are very successful and took this information that had to do with a hobby and, and turned it in, made it a life lesson and turned it into something bigger because there, there's so much to, just because it's a hobby doesn't mean we're not learning. And, and I, I wish they had card club for people like me who jumped, jumped into the hobby a couple of years ago, or not even two years, a year and a half ago, who just jumped into the hobby. And, you know, I've put many, many hours in learning, you know, cause I, I know sports, so I know the players, but I just don't know the different cards and, and I'm, I've, I've learned, you know, that's basically what my pot is all about is just, just my little journey here. So people like me who've gotten in it say, look, I've made these mistakes. Let me, let me take these teachable moments and throw them out there. So other people for learn, you know, from, from my mistakes and what I'm learning, let me pass on my knowledge. And, and that's a lot of, you know, what you're doing in your card club as well. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing it in the classroom. I'm doing it on the podcast. Yeah. You are, you know, teachable moments. I just think of life experiences. Like the best way to learn in life is to just do and experience and make mistakes and learn from them. So just an example, I took them on my card club on a field trip to bleaker trading and they were incredible hosts. They talked about the business and now like, Oh, okay. I see how a business could be run now. And these ideas, these, you know, what they're seeing, what they're learning, they're, they're like in the back of their head now, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. They give us a bunch of wax to open and they just have fun with that, right? That That's what got me into it in the first place was opening packs. So, you know, I've been thinking to myself lately how it's turned into so much financial. I'm even talking to my students like, oh, this card's worth this, this card's worth that. But as long as I have to take a step back and remember why we got into this in the first place, just the collecting, the community, the fun. Ripping packs is a great time. I got some great videos of them um, opening a box just yesterday. Mm-hmm. But all these experiences all into one, we're just creating a fun, safe, consistent after-school program where you can just have a good time and learn. Have, have you pulled any great cards of any of these boxes that have been donated to Card Club? You pulled anything? Yeah. Cabron, so um, we had a Topps Chrome Sapphire baseball box, one autograph per box. One of my students pulled a Cabrian Hayes, which was selling around like 250 at the time. Nice. So that was, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I know he's one of the top prospects. So that was a cool one. And you know what? They don't even need to sell it, right? It's just fun. It's just fun to have for them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's funny you say that I'm not a big baseball guy and, and you have to answer me this because the other day on our little Wolfpack chat, I threw something out of baseball and you said, I really don't know baseball. And, and wasn't it on your Instagram? There's, there's a, a, a video of 12 year old Craig on the news with, with a baseball card, some unique card that, you know, it was like, like, you know, uh, a great pull. Fair point. And I definitely wanted to backtrack present tense. I'm not a baseball fan, but my, and I got to grow. See, you're getting all these stories. Like uh, I'm excited to share now. Um, (laughs) My, I started collecting baseball cards growing up. I didn't really collect basketball, football. I had some, but when we would go to the store in Queens, Royal collectibles, um, my, my grandpa would take me, my dad would be with us and he called them tickets. So he would say, Hey, you want to go get tickets? Which was just us going to the card store and buying packs. And it was always baseball. So probably starting around 98 all the way up until 2002, 2003, a lot of baseball cards. And 
I never referred to it as sports cards. I always referred to it as baseball cards as like the umbrella for all other sports too. Um, I collected Pokemon cards growing up as well. And, um, funny story about that. Cause my wife brought home a blaster once and she brought me home baseball cards. And this was recently and maybe a couple years ago. And I didn't really collect anymore, but I still called baseball cards and referring to all sports cards. So she brought me home a baseball box and I'm like, Oh, like baseball. And I kind of feel bad the way I reacted, but that was my own fault. Because I called them baseball cards at the time, so she got me a baseball box. But I collected only baseball growing up. Yeah. I was a huge Mets fan. I guess I still am. It runs in the family. I remember going to Shea Stadium, getting packs of tops and opening them there. Um, I loved the baseball game use jersey, game use back cards that you would get in like the early 2000s. So it was all baseball for me. Big Mets fan. We used to go all the time. And maybe around my teenage years, that kind of shifted to me being more of a basketball fan. And it's kind of carried on up until then. So it's basketball. And really, soccer uh, are the two sports that I follow the most right now. Fun fact, I've never been to a professional baseball game. <laughs> I've never been. I played I played baseball as a kid. Of course, when I was a kid, you, you played a different sport every season, right? So I, it, it was, yeah, so I played baseball. I liked to play baseball as a kid. And as I became an adult, uh, my kids never played baseball. And I, there was just... You know, the, the group of people that, and, and it's funny because I, for many years, I had a very good friend who was a Yankees fan and him and his dad would get tick had tickets and they, they talked about being kids and going to see the Yankees games. And every now and then he'd say, you want to go see a game? I'm like, oh, I'm all set. And I like, I don't know. I just never went to, we used to go to a lot of Rangers games cause I was a hockey fan, but I've, I've never, never been to a professional baseball game. So one, one of these days I'll have to do it just to check it off the list. Yeah. You can't go wrong going to a Mets game. They're the hottest team in the league. Amazing place to see a game. They got so many food options. Yeah. Uh, it's not a nice new stadium. And you're in New York City. Did, so. did you say did you say food options? Yeah. So I like they have actually good food at these oh, stadiums? Like, yeah, all these different restaurants, these fancy things, nice. this and that. Like oh, vegan, that. Every, everything from a vegan sausage to edible cookie dough. I kid you not. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I see. I never eat hot dogs. So I thought to myself, not that's, that's not, what baseball Not a fan either. Yeah, that's what baseball is all about. Get out there, eat a hot dog, yeah, drink a beer. Yeah. So so you touched on your cards, you touched a little bit on basketball and soccer. Talk to me about what's what's in your PC. Where 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 is your hobby knowledge? You know, I'm not dealing in these super high-end cards. So a lot of cards for me, um, you know, I see people saying like this card checks all the boxes. A big one for me is I, I have a bunch of cards that I pulled myself. Now, obviously, we've pulled cards ourselves throughout the years. But if I've ever had, like, a really nice big pull that... And, and that's so special, isn't it? I, yeah. When, when you is. pull the card yourself, you, you know, I just think that's... Uh, you remember that card, everything about that card when you pulled it. So I can give you an example right here. I remember... And that's the thing. And that's why cards are amazing, because they tie you to memories. But can you see this Derek Jeter? Yep. Autograph nice. patch, BGS9. So this was 2007 Upper Deck Spectrum Baseball, right? 2000 Upper Deck Baseball. That's what I was saying. That's what I collected. I remember exactly where I was, when I pulled it, who the guy that uh, runs the store that's still around today, like him handing me the pack. And I kept it so nice all these years for a thick card and managed to maintain its condition to get a nine. So it's almost like, let's just say this card's worth a thousand bucks. 
the memory to me is way more worth it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Something that I can hand down to, to my kids one day. Yeah. And I'll always remember that. And Derek Jeter happens to be a great card as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love collecting mixed stuff. You know, you got to collect the teams that you actually like. So here's this awesome card. You'll appreciate oh, wow. this. Walt Frazier, Bernard King, dual patch auto, because that's, nice. that's what I like, right? It's a big part of my life. I met Walt Frazier numerous times. And then collecting what you like. I'm such a firm believer in the U.S. men's national team right now. So anything in that national team uniform, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, yeah. because the way I see it is I, I know for a fact I'm going to be rooting for this team for the next decade plus. I'm a soccer yeah. player. I'm a soccer coach. It's always going to be like around me. So how fun would that be to collect something that I like and I really believe in? I believe in the success of the team. So yeah. I'm, I'm along for the ride. So this this soccer team, and I, I I don't know much about soccer, but this U.S. soccer team, they've come a long way. I, it wasn't that long ago where they didn't even make the World Cup, right? And now they've they've really turned things around. Yeah. So uh, when Jurgen Klinsmann was the coach back when we did not. Yeah, he was a coach. And we didn't qualify. Um, they fired him, and he's he's an international guy. He's from Germany, and his thing was he he's on record saying like the U.S. players they got to go play in Europe. You know, think about what's the best football league in the world: the NFL, basketball, NBA, baseball, MLB. What's the best soccer league in the world? It's not the MLS. It's elsewhere. So if we want our players to really be the best they can be, they have to be playing in the best leagues against the best competition. So you see this new crop of players, the guys who are like 18 to 26. They're all playing overseas now. These, the vast, vast majority of the guys are not in the MLS. You know, they're playing in the Premier League, uh, Syria, Juventus, Chelsea, these big names. And it's really starting to show. But the exciting thing is that they're really on the younger end of their prime. So we'll see. We, we, like they're probably hit your prime as a player starting like 26, 7, 8. These guys are all like four years younger than that. 2026, 20, World Cup in the usa to me it's just a perfect storm of team success so when i'm collecting cards anything in those u.s national uniforms of any of the guys that i like mckinney pulisic uh, sergino dest tyler adams i'm looking to pick up here's like nice. a nice mckinney rookie card out of 25 psa 10. beauty something like that yeah i've done a lot of i've i've opened i've ripped a lot of soccer boxes this year just because you know, being back in the hobby and I know the world cup is coming and, um, I, f I figured out how to find wax out, 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 out in the world, you know, to, and, and, and because it was in abundance, I, I, in fact, today I picked up seven blasters of the, um, the, uh, champions champions league, you know, so, and, and I like literally what's that you're ripping these, right? Yeah, I'm ripping them. And, I, and like, I don't know a lot of the players. I'm learning who the players are, but everything that's a rookie, I just sleeve and top load and, you know, putting in a box for now. And, you know, it, it's prospecting. It's hoping that, you know, down the road, one of these players is, but, but in the process of opening, I'm getting to know all the players. I'm seeing the names over and over. I know who they are. And now I can put the TV on, you know, and watch some games and, then I got starting starting to see who the players are, just starting really starting to get into it because I'm a firm believer in this hobby that you know I I sell uh, uh, wrestling and football so well is because I know it. And when people come to my table, I can talk about it. I know everybody who was drafted, where they was where they were drafted. I know 
everybody who won at WrestleMania, you know, all that thing. So I can talk to these people about it and it, and it, and it supports my sale where if I'm trying to sell a soccer card and somebody comes up and says something, then I have no idea about the person. It's very unlikely. I'm probably going to make a sale uh, on that card. So I try to learn as much as I can about what I'm selling at my tables at these shows. Isn't it amazing that you knew little to nothing about soccer and then just like a little bit over time, right? Yeah. I was, I, I tell my players that I coach, for example, if you could just get 1% better every single day, all of a sudden in a month, you've gotten 30% better. Yeah. You know, so little by little over time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm seeing all these Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, just, um, Justin Herbert, whoever cards coming through my feed. And I don't feel like any sort of FOMO, like I need to be buying some, I almost kind of feel overwhelmed. And then I realized, you know, to your point, you just made, I don't really collect football. I don't really watch football. I do fantasy football. Mm -hmm. I went an entire, like, truthfully, I went an entire fantasy football season watching less than an hour of football this past year. <laughs> just look at the numbers. I'm a math teacher. I, all I think I do is look at the numbers, the rankings and stats. It's yep. enough for me to get by. I didn't do so well, but that's that's a different point. So it's like what you said. Start to collect what you know. Yeah. You can talk to people about it. And then, you know, if you like wrestling, it just kind of over time, people know, oh, Ken, wrestling guy. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. guard. And, and you know what? That helps me at the show because I do golf, I do wrestling, and I do tennis. And I've been able to, and you've heard me talk in earlier podcasts, like people have come to me with these great tennis cards and these great golf cards looking to sell them. And I'm really the only person in the room that's going to buy these cards. I mean, nobody else is really interested. Nobody else really knows about these cards. So uh, on one hand, to me, I, I get all these great cards. But on the other hand, I don't sell many of them, but that's okay. Because every card, I in my mind, when I buy a card, I say, I like that card enough. If I never sell it, I'll just keep it in my PC, right? So when I'm buying a card, I really need to like that card. And and I have, I have to feel good about the card, feel good about the purchase. But so I, I don't mind if I if I never sell the card, I'm just happy to have it. Yes, yeah, I heard someone make a good point once. And I think they described it perfectly. Is You know, we have these assets here, these cards that we love because they're sentimental value. And it doesn't hurt that they also have... Um, like a financial aspect to it, right? It's an investment. Here's a Steph Curry rookie card. I bought, <laughs> the, I bought this for $15 from the blowout card forums however many years ago. Hope to never be in a position where you have to sell them, mm -hmm. but know that if you had to, you've got, you know, the things and they're at the, they're going to continue to go up in price. That's, that's an added bonus to it. Yep. So hope to never be in a position to have to sell, but know that you could if you needed to. Mm -hmm. And it could go the opposite way too. I mean, I, I, in my short time in the hobby, I've purchased cards that say, wow, this can only go up and all it's done is gone, gone down. But then I, I'll put it in the case here behind me because I like the card and I like to look at it. And it's like a stock, you know, you buy into a stock. If it goes down, you got to, you get the weighted out. I call it strong hands, right? I mean, if you go, if it drops and you just try to dump it, I mean, you're just threw your money away. You might as well just hold on to it and, Hopefully it'll turn someday and, and go back up. I mean, that's that that that's what it's all about, right? It's, it's it, 
And sometimes maybe you don't want to get, maybe you don't want to part with a card. I have some cards that I buy and I don't even put them on my Instagram because I'm afraid somebody might try to buy them from me or make me an offer on them. I'm like, I don't want to sell. I, I like these cards. I don't want to sell it. And, and, and Rob says, I'm going to the, we're going to the show this week. Big show this week. Got to bring your, bring your big cards. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get ready for the show. I'm like, no, I'm not bringing those cards. I don't want to sell them. I want to keep those cards. Um, yeah. And that's okay. And sometimes things change. Like a card that will have been in my PC for months, all of a sudden I'll look at it. You know what? I lose interest in this. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. And then you move on. But as you said about having strong hands, it's funny because I, you know, I teach pre-calc. So there's a lot of work with exponential functions. And I, I use the stock market as an easy example. And I try to preach to my students, like, look what the stock's done in a month, six months, a year. Oh, look, it's down. But let's look at five years. Always up. But I haven't been active enough in like the investing, you know, looking at the long-term value of stuff for a long enough cycle to see it through myself, but I understand the concept of it. So certain things, I'm not an expert, you know, nobody in this hobby is an expert. We all know what we know, but I have been collecting since I was eight years old and I never stopped. So I, mm -hmm. I have somewhat of an instinct of what's going to retain its value. Yeah. Now, when you started collecting, you started collecting at eight years old and you kept collecting. Did you keep these in cases? Did you display them? Did you put them in boxes in the closet? Was there a time you lost interest and then came back to it? Or was it just always kind of part of you? Man, it really, I never really lost interest. Um, I definitely didn't have a Zion case when I was 11 years old. So I just <laughs> used three row, you know, the three row boxes that you could stick them in. And I opened a lot of like, 2004 or five tops finest baseball and they had all these refractors gold refractors you know blue refractors you know looking back on it uh anything that was a refractor anything that was numbered random insert numbered out of three shiny. what's that <laughs> shiny shiny or not yeah. just just numbered cards in general I remember there was this uh baseball set called uh, tops moments and milestones maybe and every single card in the entire set was numbered thought that was pretty cool um, anything that was numbered just went into a box. So it was so fun over the years. Oh, this guy. Oh, oh, look at this one that I had. Look at this refractor. Like, uh, you're a baseball fan at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I had a Christian Yelich, like Bowman first blue refractor. It ended up being like a $300 card, but it was just sitting in there. So finding those treasures was real fun. Mm. The mistake I made growing up was that my entire collection was built from opening boxes because yeah. me and my dad, that was a fun. We'd go to the card shop. We'd go to a show, we'd buy boxes, and we'd rip. It was so much fun. We had a great time doing it. I'd go to the shows and walk around, but it never, ever crossed my mind, ooh, look at that Michael Jordan autograph. I bet that's going to 10x in value by the time I'm married and you know ready to buy a house. I was not thinking that. I was just mm -hmm. having fun. But those cards were around me at the time. I just, yeah. just never thought that way. But that's all right. Like you say, you learn from mistakes, and now it's, it's, still, it's still fun for me. Yeah. I, I, I say I got back in or I got back into this hobby too late. I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life. And if only I would have gotten into it in 2017, because I just would have been, you know, most of the cards I have all, you know, personal to me, getting Chiefs cards. When I, you know, started getting into breaks and things like that, I was purchasing the Chiefs, you know. So it's just a ton of Chiefs cards. I said if I could have started this in 2017, I could have 10X'd all those Patrick Mahomes cards, you know, that that I missed out on, but, but I, you know, I, 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 I'm sure you heard the story that the, what's really, 
was my hook, line, and sinker is when I uh, when I got into a break. It was probably about my fifth or sixth break, and I bought into the Chiefs at a real discount. And and it was a Panini black box, and they pulled out a Patrick Mahomes on card auto, you know, of ten. It would it was a redemption card. Right. So I'm still waiting on that redemption to come in, but I, I can't tell you how many breaks and boxes I've ripped since then. And I've never gotten a card that good again, but I'm, I, you know, I'm still trying right? and I'm still hoping that, that, that card comes in someday. Yeah. You know? oh, any day now. Yeah. Any day. Yeah, it's just been like eight, nine months. <laughs> people say, I heard people talk about they've been waiting years, six, seven, eight years for, for a redemption. 2012-13 Leaf Limited Basketball. I ripped that box in 2013-14, called seven, eight years ago, and I pulled a Nene, basketball player, autograph. Came in the mail two months ago. Really? Where to God. <laughs> Can't make this up. It showed up at my parents' house. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Panini, for getting to it. <laughs> now now it was 2013 so they were on did you have to did you put it online then or was it just a yeah. mail-in no it was online then and you did you ever go back and check it you just kid i i check mine every week i go <laughs> I, I don't like, rip enough i'm not like getting redemptions enough you know i'm really just yeah. working kind of in singles now but every once in a while i'll get the itch i have four redemptions uh that mahomes being the first one and the other three are like a, a RPA, Travis Entian, um, two other two other rookies from this year that are RPAs that are just not big cards. I think they're running backs, right? And uh, you know, just not a, just not a big deal. But I still go check it. I check it weekly to see you know if, if there's any progress, <laughs> if anything is sent. Mm. Well, you know what's funny though it is I bought. Um, a couple redemption cards back in August. And see, I didn't re realize this of um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire uh, and somebody else from the chiefs. And I sent them in and within two weeks, I got the cards back. Right. So I just assumed, I mean, that's the way it works. And I had pulled some baseball redemption cards out of uh, Bowman Chrome. And I mailed those in and within two, three weeks, I had the cards back. So uh, of course, when I got them at homes, I'm figuring all oh, this thing's coming right away. And then I didn't realize that those big name players, they don't have the time to stop over to Panini to sign some cards, right? <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we opened the pack of Prison Draft Football yesterday, and there was a redemption. And I was hyping up my students. I'm like, oh, if it's a redemption, it's probably pretty good. You know, we're looking for Trevor Lawrence, and it was whoever the Seahawks' second round draft pick receiver was last year. Uh, yes, I know exactly who that is. Forgot uh, the name, Eskridge. Dwayne yeah, Etheridge. Yeah. Uh, it, it was quite the letdown. But I saw it was a second round pick. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I was in a, I have a local card shop opened up down the street and I've become really good friends with the guy. And I stopped down there every week and they were doing a big, uh, they were doing a big break uh, last Friday night. It was a full box of clearly Don Russ, 16 hobby boxes. Um, so it was, it, it, it was big. And, and, uh, the, the prices of the teams were just so expensive. So I, I didn't get involved, but I knew that three of them, the uh, the Jaguars, the Patriots, and the 49ers, he was putting out on eBay because nobody purchased them. They were like $800 for each team. Um, and, I, you know, I sniped the Patriots extremely cheap, like literally for, 
15% of what they were originally selling for. And I sniped it on eBay and uh, he was happy that somebody he knew ended up with it. But I was so excited for, cause I knew every Mac Jones that came out of there was going to be mine. And it was a second to last, last box. And they pulled uh they pulled a, a Mac Jones on card auto out of there. So I, I, I was really pumped about that, but Ramondre Stevenson from, I have three redemption cards, right? And 30, 30 rookie cards, 15, which are numbered. I mean, I don't even know what to do with them. I, I, I've been putting packages for sale online and nobody's even responding to them, <laughs> you know, and you would figure here's a, you know, a, a rookie guy that, you know, people, People would want the redemptions or they want the number or they want whatever. And football is just so funny that if you're not the quarterback, nobody really wants. Just like you said, the Dwayne Eskridge, the second round. I mean, that card, that card even when you get it back, it may be a $10 card because nobody may want it. Yes, and then what happens to these cards? Because I, you know, you always hear the word in the hobby about consolidating. And you have to find this kind of this mix of this, this collection, this personal collection that you are not selling that means a lot to you but also inventory to try to acquire a card that's going to go into that collection, but to also keep yourself constantly busy and working in the hobby. But then you end up with stuff you don't want. And, you know, you set up at shows a fair amount. Uh, yeah. Like two, three times a month I'm setting up. Yeah. Do you have success uh, selling it there? Cause I'm, you know, I'm sitting, I haven't set up a show in like four months and, and I'm definitely getting itch. Like, I got to get out there in person again because yes, I get it. You could, you could operate online. You know, people do, people buy, sell, trade, but there's nothing like the in-person show experience. And I yeah. need it. like, I need it. I'm missing it. I can't sell online, uh, you know, and, and I think it's come, you know, I was an educator and we talked about that earlier, the face-to-face interaction. I had a business, a computer business. Everything was a face-to-face interaction. And that's just the way I was. I can read people. I know people. I know how to talk to people. And, you know, and I, and, and I can read the situation. I can read the room. And when I'm online, I like literally, I'll, I bought a few things online, but I've never sold anything online, right? Because it's just, I find it to be so hard because as I'm selling something and the person I'm selling it to, I don't know who they are. I have no idea if it's a child, an adult, a male, a female, like literally I have no idea. And then they ask me all these questions and I'm like, okay, they're asking all the right questions. They're going to buy this. I'll give them the right price. And then they just disappear. They're like, oh, that sounds good. I'll get right back to you. And then I never hear from them again. So sometimes I think people are just on there just asking questions like they have no intention ever buying. Then I say, my time's too important. I don't want to get involved in that. I, I just love, that's why I set up at so many shows. I just love going. I don't waste the time online. I just love going to the shows, meeting people, talking to people. And, and, and I like to know who's ending up with my cards, right? Cause some of the cards I really like, and it's like, I love to see my cards going to a good home. You know, I know it sounds funny, but you know, I, the hobby to me is like a personal place. Yeah. Yeah. And, I can't say I only root for this because, you know, we, we flip cards as well, but it's a great feeling selling a card to someone who, you know, is going to PC it is like a fan. There's just something different about that. Yeah. But I think it's a good segue to what I was saying earlier, how I feel like I've been getting a little hobby fatigue. It's kind of wearing me down. And, you know, you saying that made me realize it's just because I haven't been to a show in like four to five months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, I started in the hobby as a young kid. When I was anywhere between eight and 16 years old and I was going to shows, I 
definitely was not doing it on Instagram. So where did it start for me? It started in the shops. It started going to these shows. Like, have you ever been to the Plainview show? Uh, I have not. No. Okay. So like that was a, a regular show of mine growing up, still around to this day. And that's where it started for me. That's where like the love of the hobby and the conversation and the cards came from was the in-person interactions. So mm-hmm. it can't just be done online. It just can't. Yeah. If it's all about business for you. Like maybe sure. But if this is something you really like and you're about, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like li- literally experiencing it as we speak. Like I said, just feeling like overwhelmed. And I'm confident that going to the show this Saturday is kind of, kind of rejuvenate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can tell you last week I didn't have a show, but low key, I was looking to see if there was a local show I could show up at. Like, you always know. got luck. You always <laughs> got to look. Always got to look. Just to, just to <laughs> I'll do the same thing right here. I always say, hey, you know what? I, I need to get some more inventory for the shows because I don't want to sell my good stuff. So you know the stuff that my PC stuff. So I always need extra inventory, and that and that's kind of the same thing too. When you go to shows, you can just make great deals. You know, this online stuff, everybody's comp, comp, comp. And see, if you if somebody asks me what the price is, I know no matter what I say that there's they're going to send me a, a picture of a sale that was 20 or 30 dollars less than whatever the price I put up. You know, I just know it's coming. And and I, I to me, that's just kind of a waste of interaction. We're just wasting our time there. And, and I know people I know people make a lot of sales online, but I, I really think they give too much away to make the deals online. I think you could make those same deals at a show in person and not give so much away. You know, it'd be a good study to do to um, calculate the the percentage or the ratio of the number of interactions you have online and how many transactions get done versus in person. Mm. That'd be night and day. Yeah. And, and how many sales got lost for $10? or $5 or, or are you paying the goods and service fees or am I, or if I'm paying this, you pay the shipping. So all of a sudden you're buying a $300 card and somebody's griping about $10 shipping. I'm like, how can this be? How how can we be having this conversation right now? You you just agreed to pay $300 for a card and and now you don't want to pay shipping. Well, how am I, you know, I want to put insurance on this card. What if it doesn't show up at your house right now? You want me to you know, now it's going to cost me twenty dollars to to ship it and put insurance on it to cover it the three hundred. I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand what people are thinking sometimes. But uh, when when I go to the shows and I'm there in person, like I meet these people face to face, and I'm like, it, it just all good people. No, nobody, nobody's worrying about ten dollars or five dollars. Nobody's, you know, we all know what the comps are. And I'll say right away, I'm a little high on that, or this is that comp, but that's below comp. And, and right away, and nobody argues with me. Nobody's going to start arguing with me at the table. But I think online, there's a lot more um, interaction that I, I I just know that this the deal's not going to get done. Yeah, especially especially if you're on Facebook Marketplace, like that place is a free for all. <laughs> you know, wild wild west. Funny enough, though. I made a trade with someone in uh, the Facebook group, the the TX one. You're in it. I forgot. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I uh, made a trade with someone, also a teacher, also a New York City teacher. And it turns out his school was a 10-minute walk from mine. So I walked right after school, met him in person. Andrew made the trade. Nice. Small world. Yeah. And, and are you friends with him now? Yeah. You know, I've got yeah. his number and uh, if he gets new inventory, he'll hit me up. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hoping to see a lot of New York City collectors this weekend, especially at the show. Yeah, yeah. Now you did, you did make it to the show, the last this last one in February, right? When it when there was a snowstorm, right? You you actually made it to the show. Ken, there wasn't a show in New York City in years. Nothing was was holding me back for making that show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I've been waiting way too long for a home game. Like we're making it work. <laughs> Yeah, no, we had a blizzard here. We we that's I mean, I was just thinking back. I thought I remember you being there. Um it was, and, and I think in New York City, I mean your transportation is is a much different than us getting in the car and driving an hour and a half on the highway. You just get on a Yeah, I mean I took I took four Ubers that day. Should should not have taken one. Conditions were not good, but I had to get there. Yeah. Um but considering the snowstorm, it was a great show. A lot yeah. of just a lot of moves. Yeah. Like yeah, a lot you know, a lot of people. Good amount of people can again considering the storm. My favorite pickup was uh the Kardashian sisters. Um, a triple autograph. Wow. Yeah, me and um fun, funny how things work. So Laz had it. He sold it, to, it was his first. He sold it to my friend Adam. So Laz made a sale. Adam sold it to me. Uh I made sure he Adam made a little bit of money. And then I sold it and myself made a little bit of money. And we each got to enjoy the Kardashian autograph for a short period of time. <laughs> Everyone wins. What a, what a transaction there. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Those, uh, those, uh, uh, pop, is it called pop? Is that pop century? Was that no, what it was? This was? I know what you're talking about. This wasn't like an official card. This was one of those large bookmarks that was just PSA certified as authentic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I see the pop century becoming very popular now. People yeah. really, For the right celebrities. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, Basketball and soccer. Anything else? Um, I uh, I'll have some baseball here and there. I'll have some football. No, no F one. No, none of that. None of that. I listen. I tried to watch an F one race, and it gave me the same. I didn't watch the Netflix show, so yeah. I think that is it. Has to be. There has to be a strong correlation between the F one fans in America. In the hobby, in the hobby, let's call it that. And those who watch the Netflix show, you think that's fair? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I didn't watch it, so I tried to watch a race, not really knowing anything about the drivers, and it just wasn't for me. It gave me the yeah. same feeling that NASCAR did, yeah. but again, didn't watch it. And that that show apparently has done really well on Netflix, and is. You know, I, I can tell you, at the last since Springfield, since the Springfield show. Everybody's showing up at a table. Do you have F1? Do you have F1? Do you have F1? And then are you buying F1? Are you buying F1? And, you know, I, I, I looked at the guy next to me, not Rob, but the other guy on the other side. I said, who's selling F1 boxes? He said, I think there's a guy. I said, I literally want to go over there and just buy an F1 box, rip it open, sleeve every card and put them in my case because that's all people are asking for. He's like, yeah, but they're not looking for those cards. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's purely financial and that's kind of right. I mean, that's, it's what the hobby's become. It is what it is. We all, yeah. we don't want to lose money, but is, is anyone a true F1 fan? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess people got into it early for the money because they knew it was going to be big with the collector, you know, with the collector mind saying, geez, if I buy this, I could five X, eight X, 10 X my investment. But I find the people that do that don't hold those cards very long because they mean nothing to them. 
Uh, and, and some of the people I've talked to, they're like, oh, I sold this for whatever. If I would have held on to it for another six or eight months, I could have gotten more. But you could tell that it's just they only did it for the money. They were only buying that card for the money. You know, it, it, it's not like getting, a, you, you know, a, a rookie quarterback or, you know, of your team that you really believe in, you know, that now, now I, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I just have a feeling that I have a gut feeling with Mac Jones. Right. So there's a lot of, you know, the Burrow, the this, the that, the Herberts, uh, the Mahomes. I mean, they're all going so expensive. And I and I I mean, I could invest a lot of money into them, but I don't because I, I don't know if I really want to see them on my shelf. But I have a whole row up there by almost a row and a half of Mac Jones up there from autographs and numbered and things like that. I just have a feeling that that he has a, a, a and, and, and it's not the Brady factor. I just think he has a good career coming with him that his stuff is, you know, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I'm going to here I am a Chiefs fan. I'm going to be rooting for Mac Jones. I just feel like he's going to be the, the quarterback of the future NFL. So can go with your gut, go yeah. with your gut. You know, yeah. I, um, early on and my buddy actually told me this recently, he's like, I remember in 2009, he told me Steph Curry was going to be a star. And I, I myself invested a bunch of cards in it. Here's one that I still have. It's an oh, autograph, nice. rookie, autograph rookie card. I probably yeah. paid 50 bucks for this. and got it graded a couple years ago. I believed in it. Um, went with my gut, bought a bunch when they won their first championship. I thought I was so slick selling <laughs> at the hype. 2015 and i did and i was i was probably like 21 22 i was living in the city so i'm like this is great i'm making all this money from these sales but again i was not thinking long term then so if i still had those curries today i'd be sitting real pretty but it happens yeah and, um and back to the f1 you know i shouldn't judge the way others collect you know, for some people it is about the flip you know, it's, it's not you know you like it should be a good balance of you trying to make some money Collecting what you're like, but everyone does it their own way. And I think that's what's fun about the hobbies. There's no one way to do it. If you're enjoying it, right, and you're just being a good person, doing the right thing, then there's room for everyone. Yeah. I think if you can come into the hobby and say, I, I'm not in it to make money, but if I can make money to reinvest into the hobby, I, it's in my mind, Right. And that's not for everybody. In my mind, looking at this hobby, that's kind of the proper way to look at it. If you come in saying, I'm in this hobby because I need to make money, um, your your outlook and, and your hobby experience is going to be so much different. I don't think it's something that you can truly enjoy. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah. then then you need it to survive. Yeah. That's totally different. And I'm fortunate in my position as an educator, like I know where my next paycheck's coming from. Hmm. Not everyone might. And it is, and for them, for others, it could be about the cards and just making a flip and that's fine. You know, it's, it's a market, you know, it's a market like a lot of things, sneakers, stocks, whatever. Like, hmm. That's fine. There's room for everyone though. Yeah. But it's not a hobby anymore. I mean, if you, if you're yeah. in there and, and you're, you need to make the money, it's not a hobby anymore. Now it's your business. True. And, and that's a completely different, different. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. So where, what's your lane in the hobby? Where, where do you see your future self in the hobby down the road? And I know you're still a young guy and I know, I know life gets in the way and, you know, you said my future kids down the road. So, I mean, I, I'm sure there, there's a lot of, um, you know, ifs on that, but 
if you could just tell me, you know, where you kind of see yourself in the hobby, what lane you're in. So I see all these shows happening on the weekends and I'd love to be at them, but I, I coach soccer. I coach a, a club team It's every Saturday. It's every Sunday, pretty much the whole year, except for summers. And I wouldn't change a thing. Like I love, love coaching. Like that's really what I'm passionate about. That's when I'm at my happiest. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like work-wise at least. I'm happiest with my wife and my dog, obviously. Um, but because she's going to be listening to this, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, where is it going? So I, I like those are my weekends. Yeah, you know, that, that's my that's who I am, really. Um, so I'd love to go to more shows if I could, but I'm just not like a regular. I'll see you at this show. I'll see you at that show. I go when I can. I'm more present in the summer, so I do just what I can. I meet people when I go to these shows. The card club has led me to a lot of cool people, stores, shop owners, and I don't really have a plan. Yeah. I'm just I'm just doing what I've been doing for the last 25 plus years in the hobby is collecting, having fun, and yeah. wherever the next trade, adventure, show, shop takes me, I'm just going to have fun with it. That's good. That's that's good. That's a great, but, great, but, great attitude. But with Card Club, I would like to see that grow. Yeah. I, I alluded to it earlier about chess club and mock trial. Like, why can't Card Club be more widespread mm. in a lot of high schools. It, it only provides good for students. So I've already collabed with some other educators, like elementary school, there's even a college professor, there's an assistant principal, and we're in a group chat and we're kind of just going to figure out what can we do with this. Yeah. And you, you actually started this, right? This was you starting this club. So these people you're collaborating with, you've put that out there and they've saw this and now they're they're interested. So they're coming back to you to say, yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. I really, I'm not like a give me credit type of guy at all. Like, yeah. I'm not like, no, 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 hey, me, I'm the founder of Card Club. But as far as I saw, I hadn't seen another after school club, in, mm -hmm. at least on Instagram. Um, maybe there's another teacher out there that started one. If so, like, you know, let's let's collab and let's grow together. But as far as I knew, like, I thought this was a, was a new idea. So I started and I just tried to get others on board. And I, I like the future of it a lot. Nice. Nice. And, and like I said earlier, too, I, I really believe that that in the future, these kids are going to come back to you and they're going to take what they learned in Card Club and put it put it into something else. I, I guarantee that that's going to I I I worked in a prison and I watched that happen and things that I did. So I guarantee, you know, you're, you're going to be and you'll remember this. You'll be, you remember Ken? Ken said this to me, you know, like my my kids will come back to me years later and they they're going to take what I taught them in card club and use it somewhere else. And, and you're really going to be uh, you're really going to find yourself that you were a mentor to one of these kids more than you knew. You know, you hear that teaching as a rewarding uh, profession. There's there's no there's no better feeling than when a former student or player will just like hit you up in the future, either saying hi or even like thanking you. So, as far as the card club, my classes that I teach, the teams that I coach, like ultimately the goal is to for them when they're grown up, high school, college, and beyond, to think back and be like, "Wow, Mr. Shackman really." You know, he had a lot of positive impact in my life. And the more people you could, you know, put upon that, then you're you're doing something right. And cards is just another way of doing so. And I hope a lot of them, whether they continue to sell cards beyond the club or they just take what they learn and apply it to their profession, as long as it had a positive impact on them, job done. Well said. Well said. 
So uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend, the uh, the NYC <laughs> show. It's a two-day show. Uh, I was doing two-day. I'm down to one. After, yeah, after, do, after doing the two-day Hofstra, I'm, I realize, wait till you see me this weekend. I have a new chair, too. I'm bringing my own chair to sit in <laughs> nice. at my table. But yeah, looking forward to this show in the city uh, this weekend. Uh, and, and we ha- actually have more shows coming up too. I, I'm not sure if you're doing any of the other ones or doing uh, Probstein. Are you involved with the Probstein show the following week? So I have a friend who is getting married the weekend of National, and his bachelor party is the weekend of the Probstein show. <laughs> what was he thinking? <laughs> bad, bad for cars. Bad for the hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know now we got two two back to back weekends. It's going to be good. Then we're in Connecticut. You should venture up to Connecticut in June for uh, the Mohegan show, the Mohegan Sun show. Once once coaching's over and I'm on summer break, I'm in. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, we're going to have a good time this weekend. I, I think Saturday's going to be really, really, really good. You know, it's it's funny how much we have in common, both educators. Of course, I'm retired. But I coach, too, from, you know, probably from – 22 yeah i mean i played hockey up to almost 30 years old but i started coaching i started coaching at 22 and i coached uh up to 40 i mean i coached almost 20 years of hockey too you know i coached before my kids were born then i coached my kids yeah yeah so and i enjoyed every minute of it just like you did and i you know and it was a year round and it was you know week you know weekdays weekends and i would have never had time for a hobby you know with my full-time job and coaching and being a parent but, um yeah a lot in common a lot in common that's why i'm definitely glad we had this chance to chat and it's gonna be a great time this weekend just gonna, yeah. make, just gonna make some moves that's it that's it make a few moves well listen Thank you so much for coming on the pod. This was awesome. And we're definitely going to get you back again. Uh, maybe before nationals, we'll get you back on. Cause I know you're going to take a trip down to uh, nationals in July. We're all going to be down there for at least I'll make it on the Thursday before the wedding. I will be there on the Thursday. Good. It could be, you know, uh, what, what was the movie <laughs> where they, they have to go to the, they go to the bachelor party and then they disappear in Las Vegas, right? Maybe uh, hangover. Nice. Hang over there. You can just disappear in uh, in Atlantic City, right? S- same thing. <laughs> sure he won't mind. I'm in the wedding. I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> uh, all right, Craig, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend, spread the word. And until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Craig, tell everyone where they can find you. To send me a message on Instagram at New York City Sports Cards, all spelled out. Not NYC, New York City Sports Cards. Hit me up and come to the show this Saturday. I'll be set up with Ken and Rob. You can't miss us. And let's just let's meet. Maybe we'll make some deals, but let's just have a good time. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. See you. Take care, Craig. 